0: Welcome to the Rural Leaders Podcast. My name is Dana Peterson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Richard Fordyce, where we visit with leaders across the country with hopes of inspiring and equipping you to act in your rural community. Richard and I our uh, pathway connect- connected while we were serving in Washington, D.C. Um, there we share a passion for rural communities and the farmers that live there. And so it's when this podcast opportunity came about, we really jumped at the opportunity to highlight and 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 bring to the rest of the country the tremendous rural leaders that we know, um, and to share the tools and and equip you to act in your rural community. So, Richard, I know we're in the middle of this series on rural connectivity. Um, and it looks like you're uh, someplace fun. Um, I am away from home this week as well. So um, connections are important um, while we're traveling.
1: Way to bring that right in. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I am at the, the Farm Progress Show in, in Boone, Iowa, and you're right this is this is going to be the second episode of our series on rural connectivity and rural broadband and all the things that really kind of go along with that um, because we know how critically important it is and if you walk the grounds here at the at the farm progress show um, i mean there is some amazing innovation and some amazing technology that really will change it'll change for the better the way some farmers are doing some work, how some rural communities honestly are going to be able to do some work, but it's in some cases it's so dependent on being connected, right? And so that's why we want we wanted to bring this series um, forward, bringing experts to talk about um, talk about those kinds of things where they've been successful, lessons that they've learned, um, getting getting to a point of success. And we've got another great guest today. Um, that that's going to offer some insight on, um, you know, maybe some lessons learned again. Um, what was their, what was their path to getting to really to getting to success? Um, and I think it's, you know, that's, that's what Dana and I really like to do is is to find these stories and to share these things, um, with our listeners. So that maybe you can replicate that and maybe you can use some of the things that, that they've used to get, to get to this point. But yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, it's always great to see you, Dana. Um, you know, sometime we actually we ought to do this sometime, like together in the same room. I think that'd be fun. Oh, well, that would um, be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, where are you at?
0: Yeah, well, I'm in Wichita um, right now, and we are. I'm attending the Kansas Housing Conference, and it. Um, is, you know, coming to Wichita, it's the largest city within the state of Kansas. Um, so it's not technically rural, uh, but it is definitely a part of our our ecosystem and our economy here in the state. You know, and as you were talking about the innovations that are there at the Farm Progress Show, I'm reminded of the innovations that are coming out of Wichita with aerospace and, and the airplane companies that are here and, and really that whole industry is is being revitalized in this um in this time frame. There's tremendous amount of innovations with beyond the line of sight um, technologies and uh, aerospace tech innovations that are being adapted into agriculture and to fill needs uh, of rural America. And so it's great to be in this environment.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I love that stuff. Like I, you know, I don't understand a lot of it, but I, I really, I really love it. Um, yeah. So I know, um, uh, you know, we have we've got it, we've got a great guest today and I'll give you, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you his name. It's Mitchell Bailey and he is the CEO of GRM networks. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what GRM networks are, where they are, Um, And and we're going to learn a lot from Mitchell and and the path that they've had to get uh, a lot of their members um, uh, connected. And so um, we're going to meet Mitchell here in just a few minutes right after you hear these messages and we'll be right back.
0: When I was in foster care, I never knew when I would have to move. So I always had my suitcase ready to go. Then one day I was adopted. My new parents open their hearts and home to me. My parents cook my favorite breakfast for me every morning. My parents take me on trips I never thought I would go on. They gave me a home and an even better reason to use that suitcase. My parents aren't perfect, but they're perfect for me. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org.
1: Welcome back to the Rule Leaders Podcast as we indicated in the opening segment, we've got another guest in our series about rural connectivity and infrastructure and rural broadband. Um, and it's a real, it's a real honor for me to introduce our guest for this, for this episode of the rural leaders podcast. Um, so Mitchell Bailey is, is the CEO of GRM networks. And, um, the reason it's so special for me is GRM is my local phone co-op and we're gonna we're gonna talk to Mitchell about a whole bunch of things, but what was what was GRM's um, what was their strategic view? What was their look? What was their look forward several years ago to be able to position um, you know a, a, an independent telephone co-op to be so far along in 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 installing fiber fiber to the home uh, and really making the the residents in, in in my part of the world. Um, part of part of this century in connectivity. So, so Mitchell, um, welcome to the Rural Leaders Podcast. And I guess you know if you want to do a bit more of an introduction, that's great. But maybe talk to us a little bit about what GRM is, and and uh, we'll just we'll just toss it toss it to in your court and let you let you say what you want to say.
2: Sure. Well, thank you both for uh, for having me today. I'm I'm really excited to be here. And uh, have really enjoyed seeing what you all were doing with this podcast. I think that's really important. Um, you know, we try to focus on the same things in our communities, which kind of gets to your point. Uh, so, GRM Networks is a member owned telecommunication cooperative that provides both phone and now internet service, among a few other, uh, to rural residents throughout north central Missouri and south central Iowa. So, you know, just as you mentioned years ago, actually back in 1951, uh, through just the exchange of uh, a couple conversations trying to solve a problem for, uh, you know, phone service and long distance services, um, a, a group of individuals started the phone company and it grew and grew and grew. And, and then, you know, as as we've all experienced, uh, technology changed and and I think we saw our place in that technology evolution. And so, um, you know, back in the late 90s, we began offering uh, DSL services and and then, you know, that bled into fiber to the home services. And so we started uh, fiber to the home construction in about 2009 and haven't stopped since. Uh, according to you know, the the most recent uh, reporting requirements from the FCC, uh, within our serving territory, we have about 33,000 locations uh, that make up our rural serving area. And so, as you can imagine, um, infrastructure to build that is very costly, especially when you know some of those locations are three to a mile. And uh, so we have just really been focusing our efforts on um, you know, building out the infrastructure to be able to provide our rural residents with all of these vital telecommunication services that they need for. The important things that I know you guys have been focusing on and, and that's you know connectivity to uh, telehealth, precision agriculture, um, working from home, uh, all of those very important things that you know it, are necessary for rural residents to connect to, and and those opportunities the same as what it is for uh, for residents of more urban populated areas.
0: Yeah, welcome, Mitchell. It's great to have you on the podcast, and I'm just really thrilled because I know that GRM um, was one of the pioneers in navigating some of the federal funding streams. When Richard and I were in Washington, DC, there was a tremendous understanding from our politicians about the the steep um, requirements for funding for, um, like you said, territories that don't have very many hookups when you you talk about uh, this sort of technology. And so, can you kind of describe for us a little bit of that journey of funding um, your network for for broadband communications, and then um, you know, as a leader in that, um, what are what is a lesson that you've learned in that journey?
2: Absolutely, um, yeah. So you know, I'll start with as a as a telecommunication cooperative. Um, you know, member owned, it's our responsibility to provide those communication services to our members. Uh, And so, you know, that's really been a driver um, behind our desire to to bring these services to our rural customers. And so, of course, we try to do the same thing as many others and, and tap into whatever resources are available to us and uh, you know, a, a big one that ha- that we've really leveraged throughout the years has been uh, our membership with NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. Uh, they're an industry association and have a long uh, a long history of being able to have members that provide the highest level of service to rural residents. And uh, you know, their latest example of that, which is is something that we're really proud of, is their Smart Rural Community Initiative. Which highlights rural broadband providers uh, that lead and collaborate on broadband-enabled projects and help connect rural communities to all the opportunities that Fiber provides. And so between that and um, you know, the, the state resources that are available, um, you know, I think being part of both Missouri and Iowa. Um, We have access to the state broadband offices in both states, and both are just a wealth of information. Um, For example, both states have compiled an interactive map detailing uh, broadband and pinpointing locations uh, that are considered to be unserved or underserved that uh, allow us to really focus uh, on, on where we would like to go as we continue to expand our broadband infrastructure.
1: So I know, Mitchell, that there are uh, and, and so this is my, this is this is the way I remember GRM and their and they're dipping their toe into the rural broadband um, area. And it was it was a, it was a strategic decision made by management and made by the board that this is critical. Like we need to do this. And we need to get started now because it's going to take some time, and so I think GRM needs to be applauded for that forethought, like thinking forward and doing that sort of thing. But then I also kind of remember that um, you all were pretty successful in navigating even the federal, um, you know, the federal opportunities for grants and those sorts of things. And and as and I think that as those things change, whether that was FCC. Or USDA rural development, um, you all seemed to really, really kind of hit the mark when it came to explaining what GRM was doing and actually being successful in, in gathering and gaining some of that funding.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um and you know, Richard, we were we were really grateful that you were able to be a part of that award ceremony in 2019. Um, as you mentioned, we were successful in uh, in a Reconnect award provided by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Reconnect program uh, that you know aids us in being able to fulfill our commitment to bring fiber optic connectivity to Northern Missouri and Southern Iowa. And and so, yeah, you know, I think in thinking back over that project and uh, you know grants that we've done even before that or or applied for since that point. Um, you know, I, I think a, a big aspect of that is just researching the program requirements, making sure that you're really in tune uh, with the specific requirements, and if nothing else, you know, the opportunities that exist out there. Um, you know, I, I think as, as more of these funding opportunities have become available, I think what we've seen is that, uh, a large amount of the application content is all the same. You know, so, if I were to make a recommendation, it's you know start building that application even before uh, the the specific funding application becomes open and available. Um, you know again, most of most of that um, the the common content within the application is going to include, A certain amount of company background information, organizational documentation, such as uh, a company overview or key management employee resumes and and things like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you can anyone can certainly go ahead and and start building that portfolio of information. And so then as those those specific opportunities uh, are are open and available, um, you know, you can fine tune that a little bit specific to that particular program and refine it uh, so that you're you're well positioned to meet the criteria there. And then, like you said, it's it's really just about uh, sharing our stories and our success. I think that's one thing that, um, you know, we've learned a lot more about throughout this process that, you know, the last five years especially, is that um, we've taken it upon ourselves to really try to build this infrastructure and provide this for our communities, but we've never really stopped to, to tell our story and to share, you know, with our rural communities and beyond that, uh, the success of that. And, and I think that's really kind of what we would focused on with these applications is using that as an outlet uh, to be able to share what we've already done and then use that to kind of tell the story of where we want to go and how we plan to get there.
0: Uh, Mitchell, you know, you hit it on the nail there for rural communities and rural leaders. I think we rarely tell our story. We rarely take a minute after we've had some success and celebrate. I was just um, sharing that with some of the businesses in my hometown recently that had some success. Take a moment, celebrate with your team. You know, and I think that's that's really important. Uh, so as you think about kind of working with your customers and the communities, you know our our previous um, episode in this series was uh, a local community leader, and you are a telecommunications leader. Um, what are the communication pathways and maybe collaborations that w- have worked for you in Missouri and and Iowa as you work with your customers and will. Community leaders.
2: You know, I, I think that is, is a great point. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen several of your episodes, and they all have that common thread of collaboration and mm-hmm. broadband infrastructure, broadband funding. I mean, it's, it's really no different. Collaboration is still a very important key in all of that. And, you know, just as you mentioned, uh, I think collaboration, whether it be providers, community leaders, all of, you know, all of these together, uh, they, collaboration just naturally leads to networking, which leads to learning about other funding opportunities, as well as uh, additional communities in need of service. And, you know, mm. I just, I encourage everybody to explore these opportunities um and and explore these relationships because i think that's really what these rural opportunities are all about uh you know i i look back at at how things have kind of developed in the the last five years especially uh you know richard you kind of talked about that earlier technology changing funding opportunities changing and um i think now more than ever Uh, our elected officials realize that there is a digital divide and have made this funding available in an attempt to try to rectify that. And so I think, you know, whether a provider or a community leader, you know, you can strengthen your your project or your application uh, by this collaboration, because this collaboration demonstrates a real need within the community for fiber broadband. And, you know, as you mentioned in your example, if if you're not a rural broadband provider, but you are aware of a need, then reach out to your, your local rural broadband provider and see if you can form a partnership. Um, because, you know, again, one of the things that really strengthens these applications is, letters of support uh, and, and participation from local governments or local community leaders or organizations. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I sometimes in these situations or these conversations think back to, uh, you know, where we started this conversation, and that was uh, our, our history as a telephone cooperative. And uh, our, you know, at least specific to us, our rural telephone cooperatives arose out of this spirit of innovation and determination and collaboration. And I think, you know, I think another thing that you've touched on is um, what is instilled in rural Americans and rural residents are are resourceful and resilient. And, um, you know, so many times can work together to make the impossible possible. And I think that's really, you know, the important part of that collaborative aspect.
1: I I think Mitchell needs to be our be our spokesperson for the podcast. Like everything he just said is exactly it's exactly <laughs> what we're what we aspire to be. Seriously. Um, but you did you did you you did mention something that I think is critically important. And We've seen an evolution by whether it's state lawmakers or federal lawmakers, appropriators, where maybe not long ago we had to argue the fact that there is a need for funding for rural broadband. Those days are over. I don't know that we have to argue for the need for that anymore. Most folks agree that that's exactly what needs to happen, that we need to get, we need to get rural America caught up to urban and suburban America. Um, And so, I think that um, where some of our energies probably were spent, you know, doing some conversations, advocating for what we need in rural America. Now, I think, and maybe you tell me if this is wrong, Mitchell. But now, I think that um, that the, the that the conversation and the focus is more around the strategy of how do we deploy it, not not is the, is it is it necessary to get the funding, but how do we how do we strategically deploy? Um, and I just think. So I'm going to let you answer that question, and then I want to just say that you guys have been very strategic um, about how you deployed real broadband in your coverage area. No, I, I think you're exactly right. Um, I think that
2: is conversation has shifted more towards deployment and not whether or not you know it needs to be deployed, or whether or not people need broadband, or whether or not there's money out there. I mean, I think they've they've prioritized funding, and now it's about focusing on how to achieve that.
1: Well, um, you know, just like every segment, Dana, these things go way too fast. Um, and, <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, and so we're, we're about out of time. But, um, you know, Mitchell, would give you another shot. Anything else we haven't covered? Anything that, you know, a thought that you want to leave with our with our viewers and our listeners? You know, I,
2: I think if I were to leave uh, anyone with a thought, it would just simply be, um, you know, don't be afraid to to apply. Um, you may think that there's no way your project would qualify or you may think as a community leader, I wouldn't even know how to start. Uh, but, you know, like we discussed, I, I think everyone recognizes the need. I think it's just collaborating, getting the right heads together, and, uh, and not being afraid
1: to really apply. Well, thank you. Very well said, and um, gosh, this time went fast. You, you provided so much information um, that I know is gonna be beneficial to our listeners. And we can't thank you enough, Mitchell, for being on, um, being on for this short little bit of time. Um, and as we continue with this series, I might give you a call and see if there's anything we're forgetting, um, because I know you. I know you know this topic really, really well. And and again, thanks for being on with us.
2: Yeah, well, well, thank you for having me. I uh, I really appreciate it. We love being able to uh, to tell our story and hope that uh, you know it offers some encouragement to other providers or leaders uh, to be able to do the same thing for their rural customers. So thank you again. I. I think it's great what you guys are doing.
1: Well, well, thanks Mitchell. And um, that's going to do it for this segment, but we'll be right back after these messages.
2: Hey, Bobo, do trees tell each other stories? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey,
0: why don't we go find out?
1: Listen.
2: Do clouds take naps? I couldn't tell you. Dad, do stars visit their friends? Look! Go.
0: Babe, I'm ever
1: gonna let you go. No, no, never
2: gonna let you go. Here you go. Thank you. Thank you. Never
0: gonna let you go. Never gonna
1: let you Welcome back to the Rule Leaders Podcast. Um, you know, Dana, that was that was a really good segment. Um and I knew I knew Mitchell would would be um, you know very forthcoming and you know kind of talking about um, kind of what they've done and so I mean kick me kick me under the table if if um, if this isn't the appropriate thing to say but I mean he had a lot of, a lot of great things to say and he, but he did throw a bone to the rural leaders podcast and that he'd listened to several episodes yeah. and and it was it was about collaboration and partnership and people. That's how you get things done. Um, and I know we can talk more about the technical aspects of what Mitchell had to tell us. Um, but I, I really, I was really happy to hear him say that.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, just a nice shout out to, uh, um, our previous guests and our previous conversations and, and really, um, you know, some insight that we might be making an impact in rural America, which is encouraging as well. Uh, You know, he did highlight the the collaboration piece and and brought it back to the history of the telecommunications co-op. You know, that is the core of co-ops that formed in all different um, needs in rural America, whether it's telecommunications, electricity, uh, agricultural supplies and distribution. There's lots of different types of co-ops, including housing co-ops. And, and you know, as I'm thinking here at the H- Kansas Housing Conference about, you know, what can we do in rural America uh, for housing? Uh, a co-op might be an option uh, to, to bring that collaboration and that working together uh, to the forefront.
1: No, I think so. I mean that that sounds like a good idea to me, and and I think you know I think uh, Mitchell's pretty humble, right? But but they they honestly they've accomplished a lot, and and you know I think too that he was um, you know I think he was downplaying a little bit about the 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 strategic foresight that they had. You know they said that, that we are going to make sure our members are connected, and they made they made investments of time. They made investments of research. They made investments of money, um, to get that, to get that local telephone co-op, um, to the place it is today. And, and, you know, Mitchell was a big part of that. Um, so, so I, I hope, I hope our listeners heard the, uh, between the lines story about, it is. I mean, it, it, and it's just. It, it's like our. It's like our guest an episode ago talked about. This is not a quick thing. This sometimes takes some time. It certainly takes a lot of energy, and it takes that collaboration. And I was so happy to hear Mitchell talk about that.
0: Yeah, and it took a lot of learning, right? Um, and as we're Absolutely. going through. This series on rural connectivity. It's our hope that those that have the desire to bridge the digital divide in rural America will keep learning. And we want to too. So please send us your feedback, your expertise, your connections with regards to this subject or other subjects. Um, are, you can email us at Dana at the Rural Leaders Podcast or Richard at the Rural Leaders Podcast. It is our hope and desire that we grow leaders around the country um, and that our conversations are comfortable for every stage of leader. Um, And so I look forward, Richard, to our next discussion around rural connectivity. And until then, um, just hope that everyone out there stays inspired um, to act in your rural community.